write me a punchy intro <laughs> punchy for a for a podcast on the whale huh 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 let's all see. right let's see what it says you think welcome to the deep blue world of the whale where we explore Ooh, the fascinating life yeah. and mysterious allure of the largest mammal on earth join <laughs> us on an epic journey throughout the oceanic depths as we uncover the secrets of these majestic creatures and the critical role they play in our planet's ecosystem. From their impressive size and stunning behaviors to the ongoing conservation efforts to protect them, this podcast will leave you in awe of the mighty and magnificent whale. So sit back, relax, and dive right in. Hell yeah. Okay, so chat GPT. Why do I even bother that? <laughs> chat GPT doesn't know that we're talking about the Brendan the Fraser movie. The whale. <laughs> okay. Got maybe we it. should uh yeah. let's give it a, let's, let's give it another yeah, yeah, Let's, yeah. let's give it another shot. Let's give it another shot. <laughs> okay, okay. Get ready to be swept away by the captivating tale of the whale starring the incomparable Brendan Fraser. Based on a true story, this movie takes you on an emotional roller coaster as we follow the journey of a grieving father who finds solace in an unlikely friendship with a giant orca whale. <laughs> Stunning visuals, a heartwarming storyline, and Fraser's powerhouse performance. The Whale is a musty movie that will leave you moved, inspired, and transformed. So grab your popcorn and get ready to dive deep into the world of the whale as we explore the depths of love, loss, and the healing power of connection. <laughs> I, it really likes that dive deep fun. I'm all in for it, it. Yeah, yeah. That was what is up, real that. critics? <laughs> that was an intro that was sculpted by the one and only Chat GPT for our podcast today. You're listening to me, Jose Garcia Chow, as always. And this is Everyone's a Real Critic, the podcast where John Wolf and I take a look at movies that have a 20% difference between the audience and critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes. We give you the real critic thoughts on movies. We break down some of the critic and audience reviews, and we wrap it all up with the real ranking. But at the end of the day, remember, it doesn't really matter, John, because everyone's a real critic. So let's get into it. John, my friend, my homie, my brother, my co-host. How you doing, buddy? You know, we're watching just in time, honestly. Uh, Oscars on last night. You know, today, big, big release of Everyone's a Real Critic, where we're talking about Brendan Fraser's huge, acclaimed, cinematic hit. We're going to dive right in as Chad. Yeah, YouTube we're going to dive into the depths of the whale. <laughs> we're going we're to hit the whale. He's got a 65% critic score and 91% audience score. Um, I'm pretty excited to get into it, man. Depressing movie, but I think we could, uh, Ooh. we could, uh, it was make rough. this heavy movie a little bit lighter, if you know what I mean. But before Have, we oh, get, yeah, before we get into John, the movie, is it gonna make your toes lift up off the ground? It might, once and you towards see the, the light, heavens, brother. yeah, yeah, once you see the light, brother. <laughs> but before we get ahead of ourselves, yeah, before, before we get, uh, too ahead of ourselves. Let's uh, get to one of our favorite segments where we try and pitch to people on what's really good or really bad on the television screens. Let's get into what you're watching.
What you watching, man? Mm-hmm. Ooh, dude, John, it's been a it's been a, a couple weeks since we've recorded. I've been watching a lot. Yeah, been watching a lot of stuff. Good stuff, well, you know, bad stuff. Good stuff, mostly. Just luckily, fine, luckily, really. Mostly stuff. good stuff. <laughs> Just fine, really. Um, mostly good stuff. Okay. You know, obviously, I'm still watching my Pedro soaps. Big fan oh. of my Pedro shows, like uh, the Last of Us, Game of Thrones, and, uh, The Mandalorian. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. We were talking about. I, I, I asked you this a few days ago. I was like, when was the last time one actor? was the star, the leading role in two of the most popular, like the two most popular shows on television at the same time. I don't know if that's ever happened before. I don't know either. Like, like I really can't think of anybody. I was trying to wrap my brain if Game of Thrones was on the same time as another show that someone could have been doing both. If Tyrion Lannister was doing two shows at once or I, I don't, but I don't think yeah. there is. Most commonly what happens is it's like someone from a show is in like a blockbuster movie. Yeah. Or something like that. Right. You know, and so they have like the most popular show on TV and are also in like a big movie. But I can't think of like the two biggest shows also starring the same guy. (laughs) Like Jerry Seinfeld wasn't in two shows. You know, no one from that. Yeah. No one from Friends. Two shows Mm -hmm. at the same time. Cougar time. Like Mulder, Mulder wasn't in the X Files, and you know, starring in some comedy or something. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything. All to say, shout out Zaddy Pedro Pascal. It's a state of yeah. Mind. He's our daddy. <laughs> state of mind. <laughs> so, did you watch the finale last night? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it just came out last night. I was planning on watching it right after we finished recording so okay. have you seen it i did i did i watched it this morning oh. it was it was good it was, was it solid brutal? i mean it, it was you know i'm trying to remember uh how many times i cried but it was quite a few the show is it just ends you know which is great mm-hmm. so there's definitely going to be a season two i'm curious to see kind of what they do with the second season, if they keep well, it I mean, they, the they, same as the video games, or if they kind of mix and match a little bit, so it'll be be very interesting. Very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Joel does some good. <laughs> uh, there's a great action scene, I would say. Great oh. in that, you know, you kind of sit back and wonder, hmm, how much training did these soldiers really have or hmm maybe joel and the scenario is very much like our friend tyrese in fast and furious where he's just he can't be killed you know what i mean i'm pretty sure that joel in the 20 years that we missed you know Mm. of the apocalypse he was batman okay he was definitely the batman i get those vibes because he could just sneak up on people he can take out like fucking there were like five people hunting him, and none of them got none of them got to him. No, and, and he was injured, and he I was would, injured. <laughs> I would love a Pedro Pascal Batman as Batman. I would love Pedro Pascal in any role, really. Like, yeah, they should make true. a movie with Pedro Pascal, and he's he's playing like five of the characters, like a like an Eddie Murphy Big Mama's house, but just Pedro Pascal. <laughs> that would be great. 
I was gonna say a movie where he plays himself, but that's that's much better. And we need to do that now. <laughs> I never actually watched um the one with Nicolas Cage. Did you ever mm-hmm. see that one? No. With Pedro but Pascal, was... Nicolas Cage. Me neither. I, I remember being very interested. I don't know why I've never seen it. Maybe, Maybe I'll watch should. that this week. Maybe we should yeah. do it for the pod. If it Maybe qualifies. we should do it for the pod. Does it qualify? I don't know. But while you're looking that up, uh, what I watched, which was really good, I just have two over the last couple of weeks. One was Megan, uh, the the horror movie with the little doll. Ooh, yeah. What did you think solid. about that? It was good. It was it was good. It was. It looks like it was gonna be funny, like fun. Yeah. It's more funny than it is scary. Well, it's definitely scary towards the end, but there's, you know, it's it's kind of like light scary, if if that makes sense. Smile. Yeah, that makes sense. Scary. It's like like Megan, Chucky. Yeah, like Chucky. It was wasn't a new it basically Chucky. Chucky? Essentially, yeah. yeah, pretty much. Except they wanted Megan to be around. Chucky. I don't think anyone wanted that thing to be around. To be honest, so. And Chucky had ulterior motives. I would say Megan's biggest fault was that she just cared too much. You know, if you really wanted to peel back the layers on that one, it was it was just that. And then the other one that's really good that I've been that's watching. on Peacock, right? It is on Peacock right now. Yeah, you can watch it on Peacock. Um, the other one that I've been watching is also on Peacock, Poker Face, with starring Ooh, Natasha Leon. Good show. It's great. Yeah, it's great. It's great cute. Show. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's light. It's not. I mean, well, there is murder in every episode, so keep that in mind if you're looking to avoid a show with murder. Wouldn't I like the show? Also, because it's like the best part of Knives Out, which is right. like the mystery, mm-hmm. and it's like not. It's like Ryan Johnson is just doing that now in an episodic formula, and he's found like another detective-like character uh in natasha legero and natasha legero is just so fun to watch she's just so funny in general and her voice is fucking hilarious that like i i love poker face that's a great show it's good and she's just sort of fumbles around and yeah somehow is at all of these murders that take place and solves them in a in a yeah cute way you know it is yeah and i love that it's like her one super she has a superpower she does and it's that she knows when people are lying. She doesn't know what the truth is. She just knows what the lies are, you know, which is a kind of a fun trait. That would be a cool superpower. If I could have a superpower. That's a sweet superpower. That was attainable. Not you know, Nothing like flying or trans, like popping in one place, apparating or something. Like not super like strange. magical-ish. Yeah, but like more realistic. Set. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would do that. I'd like to be able to learn how to do something with like upon first watch. Oh wow! What would you be know? the first thing you'd want to learn to do? First guitars, the so, guitar, so I could pick up bitches. So lame. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, obviously, but like I don't know, like no, uh, you could fly, you could, you could fly a plane. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm, i'd be the guitar guy singing oasis all the way down the street yeah. in, the, in the park no no awesome, i want to be able to like fly a plane you know <laughs> i just sound like anybody too yeah. wait it doesn't work like that though right it like, could. i wouldn't be able to sing why not then it's getting magical then it's okay. becoming like more yeah all right fair enough fair enough i would do sleight of hand but like 
You can just do magic tricks? Yeah. Think of all that you could accomplish. But not like real magic tricks, like no, magic yeah. tricks. Yeah. Magicians yeah. are fake. I'm an illusionist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also did watch uh Scream Five. Oh. And we talked about Scream on the podcast. And somehow Scream Five is so it's it's good. It's actually very good. I really enjoyed it. I don't want to talk about it too much because it's basically it's you know, it's a it's a scream movie. It's it's exactly what you'd expect, but it does it well. Um Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Without spoiling it too much, it's exactly the same as the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's exactly the same as the first movie. There's even the scene where where uh the movie the the character that loves movies has a monologue and explains the rules of a scream movie mm-hmm. <laughs> in the movie and it works somehow it did and it was she's funny. dead on she's she's right yeah it was good it was funny it was good it was good yeah i'm excited to see scream 6 is there anything else you wanted to talk about during what you're watching, John? Because Man. I think there was like a pretty significant event last night. Was there? Uh, in the movie verse. Yeah. Was there? I mean, we can talk about it. Sure. It's this thing called the Oscars. We've... You ever heard about it? Yeah. You ever watch the Oscars? Who's Oscar anyways? That's what we said last year. <laughs> we did, did we? I mean, really, who is he? <laughs> now, why does he get his own show? I it's been a whole year since we made that joke and I still don't know why they're called the Oscars. And I'm not gonna look it up because I don't care enough. But me neither. Uh, you can Google it, reader. I mean yeah, listen. Google it. Look it up. Look it up. Let us know. Give us and you know what? After you look it up, you should tweet at us, DM us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, any of those at EARC Pod. Or you can give us a call. And just let us know. You could rant to us because we didn't watch the Oscars. I'm going to be honest to you. Don't really care to watch it uh, because there's really not much. What what am I going to watch? Like just people I, walk uh, up on stage and say thank you and cry. I don't want to watch that for two and a half hours. So give us a call. 407-602-8504. Let, us know, what, let us know what your favorite Oscars mem- memory was. Nice. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, John. So I worked last night. Um, the bar doesn't close till two a.m. Mm. Uh, I was home by like you know two fifteen, two thirty, and it was still going, wasn't it? <laughs> well, for me it was because I sat down on my computer and I watched all of the acceptance speeches. Oh my that I, god! That, yeah. What was I your watched, favorite one? What was the best one? Oh, K K H Kwan. I cried like a fucking baby watching him accept his Oscar. Yeah. It was that was the one that I was very excited about when I heard he won. I had to go watch it and it was dude for first of all everything everywhere all at once swept the Oscars. They won basically Almost. every award. <laughs> I mean they got 7 Oscars, dude. They won 7 yeah, they Oscars got a lot. last night. They won they like best directing, I want to say like best original screenplay. Mm-hmm. They won for uh Both supporting, supporting actor Kate Kwan. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Actress. Yep. Uh, even Michelle Yeoh. I think Michelle Yeoh won an Oscar. It was a, 
a wonderful night for the for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. But the KH Kwan really made me. That was incredible. Did you cry? And Brendan Fraser too. I dude, yeah. I did cry. I was sitting here on my computer at two thirty in the morning watching KH Kwan accept this award, and I was in tears. Wow. <laughs> Who had the worst it's, speech? I don't know. I I mean I didn't really. I only wanted. I only watched the ones that I wanted to watch. Oh. Actually, I did see one that had a pretty bad speech, but you can't expect them to have a good speech. It was the visual effects people for Avatar. Uh-huh. They're not gonna. They're not. They're not people who have you know stage presence. James Cameron didn't go up and accept the award. No, it was the visual effects team went up and accepted it. Yeah. Wow. Good for them. Good for mm-hmm. him for allowing others to. I will say I was happy that uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once won all these awards because the other movies that were nominated were pretty Oscar baity, you know, like The Fablemans, Spielberg. I I wasn't even interested in watching that. Um, Banshees of an Instrument, great, right? Very performance heavy. Um, But Everything Everywhere All at Once was just like its own crazy manic thing. That it's pretty awesome that it got any Oscar appeal at all. So. Isn't it like that movie? It's like everything you want from a movie. It's crazy. It has crazy parts that don't make sense. It has a, a good guy, has bad guy, has action, has some family ties, has a little bit of deep incredible emotional it. story arc. It yeah. Makes you laugh. It, it, it challenges your imagination. And then when you leave the theater, makes you want to call your mom. Yeah, exactly. When you leave the theater, yeah. it makes you want to keep talking about the movie. Isn't that all you want? Mm-hmm. Like when when I finished watching Banshees uh, of Anishirin, I didn't want to talk to anyone after that. I was like, God, <laughs> I'm so we did bored. a whole podcast. <laughs> we talked for like an hour about that movie. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> the Fablemans. Look, yeah, no one, no one wants to. I'm gonna watch. I will watch that, but. No one wants to watch a movie about the guy behind the all the guys. You know what I mean? Like, give me a documentary about ET. Don't give me a documentary about the guy who about, made a ET. About a made the guy up who documentary. Made... Dad. Yeah. yeah, a made up documentary. Come on, please. Yeah. No one wants to watch that crap. Anyway, <laughs> the Oscars didn't watch it. I don't think I'll ever watch it. Kind of reminds me of we talked about it the last episode of like all star events, sporting events. It's just like. You you're getting a bunch of these super famous people in the same room that I don't even know if they want to be there. It's unclear if they actually want to be there. And then you're just like stroking their huge fat egos. Egos. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it's nice when someone who feels like they, you know, like are an outsider wins, like Kehe Kwan. You know, sure. like it's yeah, that feels they good. they talk about shit like the American. This is the American dream. You know, like we're immigrants and we made it. Um, I'm a little conflicted about that just because, like, I think like who gives a fuck about the Oscars? But it is nice when someone else wins. Uh, I wa I watched recently six days to air the South Park documentary, mm-hmm. and there's a moment in it when they talk about. Um, they got nominated, like Trey Parker got nominated for like best original song or something like that, and they took acid and went to the Oscars and they and they wore dresses because mm-hmm. they were like, "Fuck the Oscars, who cares about the Oscars?" Yeah. Um, and they're like, 
people were so mad at them because they were like, what the fuck, dude? This is my big night. <laughs> and they're walking around like, oh, fuck yeah. this. Who gives yeah. a shit? <laughs> Yeah, this was funny. recently, they, dude. They wore, no, they did this years ago. Oh, okay. They they wore dresses and like the uh, every time that somebody would, an interviewer would come up to them and be like, "Hey guys, so what's up with the dresses?" They would just be like, "Oh, it's just a magical night, you know. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's it's just a magical night for everybody involved. We're just happy." They just wouldn't answer the question about the dresses. I mean, so that good. sounds way more fun than watching the Oscars. Yeah, I get it. I agree. I agree. And then he's and then they were like, and then you're sitting down for two and a half hours watching the Oscars in a dress, and it's like, and you're coming down off the acid and you're oh, feeling yeah. like maybe this wasn't as good yeah. of an idea. <laughs> and you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and you're at the most boring thing ever. Like no one no one is recording a kid's re- dance recital or anything. I feel like it's a similar thing, you know what I mean? No one really wants to be there and watch this. What do you mean? People record kids' dance recitals all the time. <laughs> Not because you want to. You do it for the kid, right? You do it for the memories for the so kid. So you think all those parents are faking it? They're just totally faking. They're sitting percent. there with their phones, recording their little daughters dancing around, and, and they're sons. faking. Yeah, I think so. Oh, and other so, than you're right. Oh my other god. Other than how the one parent. Me. Yeah. Other than the one parent who practiced with their child like every day to make sure they got the moves and so they're kind of they're sitting closer towards the front and they're sort of like you know like they're kind of doing the moves for them a little bit so that they don't get distracted yeah like exactly like, like, like amy amy polar and uh in mean girls yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly that, like that's that's the only person that wants to be at the award show same thing yeah the people sitting at the front of the award shows are they usually the people that win no right they put the people that win kind of in the middle of the back so they have to awkwardly walk up amongst everyone and sort of do the whole thing well you didn't see the oscars this year right but it it seemed like everything everywhere all at once was right there in the front row and so they they just kept walking up yeah but colin farrell was on the other side you know and like so i think they had all the nominees there. But they know who's winning way beforehand, right? Even the people I there. I don't know. I don't know. Because the people there have to know, right? Because you're kind of writing a speech and all of that. Well, remember that that year that Moonlight won and they accidentally called out La La Land? Yeah. Or was it the other way around? It Yeah, it was. They said La La Land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was actually Moonlight? Yeah. Yeah. So do they know? I mean, unless that was a whole... Well, I think the people that work there no but the you can't like the the people going up there to read names off a piece of paper i mean that's a lot they don't cost. know yeah they have no they idea. don't know they've been drinking forever la la yeah man. they're probably fucked up that's what's crazy about that like i did watch this other interview with kei kwan and he's just like i just want to run around and take selfies with people like i just took a selfie with the rock like he doesn't even feel like he should be there <laughs> which is why i understand why he's having fun but then like you're nicole kidman and you're like this is my 50th oscar yeah like why are oscar you even there season i don't know that's what i'm saying like do they pay them to go that's what i want i'm sure i think they get like dude i think they get like crazy gift baskets from a bunch Ooh. of sponsors so like they do get like a bunch of free shit but to wow. go how do we get yeah. us to the Oscars to get one of these gift baskets? That's what I want. I don't know. I don't know. I really want one though. If you're they listening, probably just need to like show up with these mics. 
Yeah. You just right? get like a media thing. There. An influencer yeah. pass. Hi, you, we're if influ- you're listening, movie influencers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got a very, very underground podcast. Yeah. It's probably so haven't far heard deep. Of it. Yeah. You probably haven't heard of it, so. <laughs> <laughs> you should come on sometime. It's a real it's a real blast, you know? Maybe. The, hey, uh, well, John, maybe. We'll see, okay? Like, we only accept certain people on, so. That is true, yeah. You got to call our, our people. You just call our people. You just leave us a message at 407-602-8504, and we'll, we'll see if we can put you on. You know, it's kind of a tight schedule, so. Yeah, yeah. We also have, maybe like, uh, uh, Maybe next year, Dwayne, <laughs> The Rock Johnson. <laughs> Bring a bottle of, of Terramana and maybe maybe we'll put you on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of rocks and just like big objects in general, maybe a boulder, perhaps. Let's uh, let's get into yeah, you movie. can find in the depths of the ocean. Yeah, and also Oscar, Oscar award winning actor, award winning actor, Brendan actor. Frazier, really uh-huh. put on quite a performance. Object uh, of the Renaissance, <laughs> the return of the king. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Let's talk about the whale. Let's talk about the whale. that bass brother sheesh sheesh as the kids would say <laughs> sheesh all about that bass no treble <laughs> so before the bass. yeah before we get into uh our chat gbt uh version of what oh yeah the whale is about what were kind of your your first thoughts going into today's movie John, I'm surprised. This might be like the most emotionally charged movie we've tackled so far. And we knew that from the beginning because, come on, like you just look at the trailer from the trailer alone, you know that this is going to be depressing as fuck. You know, I mean, it's a photo like the poster is a photo of a fat Brendan Fraser and the words the whale are plastered in front of him. Yeah. Yeah, it's what do pretty you think bad. They meant by that. <laughs> I agree. I mean, going into this movie, yeah, I knew that it was going to be sad because that's what everyone talked about, right? And every interview he's in, he's talking about it. But I, I didn't know going, in, and I watched this movie before the Oscars came out. So I, I, you see 65% from critics, 99% from audience going into that movie as Murphy was, I think just trying to say was I, I didn't think it was going to be that sad, but I knew Brendan, it was like a, some kind of Brendan Fraser, as you said, the Brendan, Brendan performance. Yeah. I knew it was going to be That's good. Right. 
but I didn't yeah, really yeah, know yeah. what to expect. And then I saw Sadie I mean, Sink was in this. And so... Aronofsky's directing it, you know, and he's done Black Swan and sure, Mother sure. and all these like very psychological, serious movies. Dark stuff. Dark stuff. Yeah, he's done some <laughs> dark stuff. He's done some dark stuff, that guy. Uh, <laughs> so I knew that it was going to be serious, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that's what. You know, we thought going into it, what did ChatGPT think of? Uh, okay, the so <laughs> so we've been fucking around with ChatGPT, as you probably noticed during our intro. So I asked ChatGPT, normally this is where we try to do a summary of the movie. I asked ChatGPT to do it this time. <laughs> um, I said, hey, give me a summary of The Whale starring Brendan Fraser, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Mm. ChatGPT says... The Whale is an upcoming movie directed by Darren Aronofsky and starring Brendan Fraser. Based on a true story, the movie follows the journey of a man named Joe, played by Fraser, who is grieving the loss of his wife and trying to reconnect with his teenage daughter. Joe finds solace in an unexpected friendship with a giant orca whale who appears near his small Alaskan town. Despite opposition from the community and his own daughter, Joe becomes determined to save the whale from captivity and return it to the wild. The whale is a powerful story of loss, healing, and the profound connection between humans and animals. This sounds like a great movie. I would That's watch not, this. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not entirely far off, right? I mean, it, it did get the teenage daughter part. It like trying to reconnect daughter. with your teenage daughter. It is about loss and healing. It is, and it's kind of about saving a whale of a man. To be honest, yeah, but, in some re- in some aspects, you know, maybe. Did you think that the whale had anything to do with Moby Dick, John? You know, because I don't know if I made that Tough connection. To say. It took me maybe three times from him referencing Roby, Moby Dick before I realized that that was was what was going on here. Oh, that he was the whale. Ah, hmm. uh, huh. Wow. How about that? Well, that's our movie talk. <laughs> <laughs> What did you uh, What did you like about the movie? Like, what 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 were some of your favorite? What's the I'll say that you? I hate to say I hate I mean like beating a beating a dead whale with a stick here, sure. but um, Brendan Fraser's performance was the best part of this movie. Oh, in his he bag. was fucking heartbreaking. I don't think um, I've ever seen him act like everyone. Everyone says, "Oh, this is Brendan Fraser's best performance." What were his other? Like what other performances are you based? George of the Jungle, The Mummy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like... George of the Jungle, The Mummy, Bedazzled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Bedazzled be he does play one. like a bunch of different characters, and I love him in that, that movie. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, that and they're all great, even the problematic ones. <laughs> um, I don't know. He was him and Hong Chow. I think were the best parts of this film. Um. Yeah, they were good. There was a lot that I kind of didn't like about this movie, though. <laughs> All right, sure. Let's go there. Yeah. Let's, what didn't you well, like about it? I didn't like the religious boy that continued to show Thomas. up. Yeah. Yeah. Religious, but not really, but sort of. Religious, but not really, but kind of, but like yeah. seeking redemption in a very strange place in yeah. the home of a big fat man. In Idaho. Um, yeah. In Idaho. That felt a bit forced to me sometimes. Also, I think Sadie Sink's performance felt a little forced to me. Um, I don't know. I, and it kind of gets... There's a lot of themes being thrown out here, you know? Like, so Brendan Fraser is this depressed man 
who is dealing with the loss of his partner and, you know, seeking redemption with his daughter that he abandoned um, all while like struggling with his eating disorder and his enabler of a friend grief <laughs> that is Hong Chao, who grief yeah like so religion too because they kept talking about how you know like new new what's it called new life was a church that his partner was a part of um and it just never seemed like it want it, it was talking about all these things but it never actually came to a conclusion about it um which kind of left me wanting a little bit it just it just seemed like thematically charged and messy. Yeah, I kind of when as I was going through it, I kind of admired that it was packing in so many of these different things at the same time because yeah. I imagined as I was watching it. So I I kind of had the opposite of what you just said of it was so much and there was no conclusion. I kind of looked at it like And I don't have any experience in this area, but if I were to die in five days, I would probably be thinking a a lot of uh, about a lot of these things. And I think they would kind of all come back to you in a similar way, like in a chaotic, like you can't really escape these thoughts, these other things that you've done in your life or haven't done in your life, combined with your grief and combined with especially the situation he's in where it's just you know, loneliness his heart's going to fail. Yeah. His heart's going to fail at any point. So there's really there. You're trying your best to get conclusion and and like some closure in some of these, but you know you're not going to get all of them. And so I kind of admired that it was kind of a mess in yeah. that way because I was like, eh, at least that's somewhat well, realistic. The movie does opinion. a great job of introducing all of these themes. Yes, that like, is true. I think that it does the a much first and second act are really yeah. good at that. Like, and I was so on board for when, like, the setup of all of this. You know, us like the slow unraveling of uh, Brendan Fraser's character's life. You know, like we're learning, and he's got the most popular living room in Idaho. Um, but it's but it's great. You know, like, um, but I felt at the same time that like it didn't. None of these had a, a satisfying conclusion for me because like the boy just goes off screen and Sadie Sink were told through Brendan Fraser's character that Sadie Sink did this to help him, but we never actually we get never her character. We never get that from you her character. Assume. Yeah. Which I guess you could you could justify as like him trying to come to terms with his daughter not being a total piece of shit because his, her mom like <laughs> yeah she's clearly evil. there is yeah there's a disconnect there there's something going on there you know and like i just think like all of that seemed really interesting to me and i wanted to spend more time there but the movie is kind of like a bottle episode where we do not leave his living room at all which i did enjoy i actually i did like that um it was creative i i'm what well, yeah i'm like ranting here and this thought just came to my head john but what did you think about Dan? Big the D. Pizza man. Dan D, the, pizza the pizza man. man. Yeah. I kept waiting for him to like r- like come in. Run in. Yeah. And, and was... like do something. Or, or like he ha- he's having a moment and Dan the fucking pizza man saves him or something. Yeah. I kind of thought that's how he, he was, was like an unsung be... hero. I thought he was that's how he was going to be discovered dead. Was Dan the pizza man was like, yo, where's my 20? It's not in the mailbox. And then he walks in. Uh-huh. 
and uh and it and brendan frazier is just dead on the couch or something but uh, to the same point like uh, that dan could have just bursted in the door someone's always knocking at the door between the three liz ellie liz the his friend who is also the sister of his uh dead partner of his lover of his partner his dead lover yeah. um ellie his daughter and then thomas the preacher kid um everyone's sort of barging in and so there's there's this level of anxiety that also is with you throughout watching the film or at least was with me throughout watching the film where you're not you're not uncomfortable it's not anxiety like you're watching uncut gems or anxiety where it's tense and stressful it's anxiety in that you really just, you don't know like this guy could die at any second he choked on a meatball sub and that could have been it he can he can't even laugh or get any kind of degree of emotion out of his body otherwise without he starts, his poor yeah. body yeah, yeah his body will just like kind of shut down on him and so throughout the whole movie there's just this tension and stress and it's all piled up i think for me it was all piled up in that all that this guy wanted to do at this point and seemingly did through his life was look out for other people and was like this source of positivity his wife hated it <laughs> his source of positivity yeah. she made oh sure dude drink on. every time he says you're amazing you're amazing this is great you're amazing yeah you're amazing you're perfect oh you're, that you're was so great beautiful. your writing is so good but you're, yeah. you're watching that and you're just feeling so bad because he's looking out for so many other people and there are people whether or not i mean we can talk about ellie's shit meter in a second but between her thomas liz and dan there were three and a half people there that willing care to pour about back into him and yeah. his just selflessness was so selfish at the same time it was yeah because he's only concerned riddle. with uh shame and and self-punishment you know right. like he he has exiled himself from these people's lives um because of like the relationship that his sexuality had with his partner's religion you know and like how he feels about religion as a result of that and you know like and also his shame that he's felt from abandoning his family like there's like a big through line in the film but it oh it never feels if it never moves past the surface for me you know like we see it in brendan fraser's face but like we don't see it carried into any other people's lives except for maybe Hong Chow and, and Sadie Sink. Um, it just felt kind of surface level to me. You know, I'm yeah. not sure if I'm making, uh, if I'm saying, if I'm articula articulating this well, but I, I just think that like the movie depends on this, the score too. It makes, it turns the whole thing into a melodrama and it, it feels a little artificial for me. Um, and sometimes borderline cruel, like the way that they depict Fraser's body feels cruel sometimes. What did you like, think about some of the things in like early on first and second act where he's they're really focusing on his body? Yeah, they're like doing these like slow pans so that you see like while he's showering and stuff. And we're supposed to feel it feels like the movie's telling us to be disgusted by this man. Or to feel sorry for this man. Um, and I struggle with that because like it's a little bit fat phobic, right? Like he's just he's just a fat, he's just a fat guy. <laughs> and they're making him out to be like this disgusting creature. Um, but I don't think there's really that. I mean, other than his own 
guilt that he's carrying. He's not really gross. He's not gross. And the movie's always being like, you're disgusting because he's gay and fat. And he <laughs> you know and I mean? he himself feels that he's disgusting because he hates what he, he's done to yeah. himself. But he himself is also... making himself disgusting. Like the way he fucking eats and shit. But even that like made it feel like the movie is is pick, is putting this guy in this light and it just feels kind of, it just feels cruel it does not seem uh empathetic to me you know like it's telling us we should be grossed out by this but i'm like there's really nothing wrong with this man other than he's fucking sad and has an eating disorder but the um they really hit you over the head with the disgusting <laughs> Like right, I remember when the movie first starts, and there's like a weird car pulling up somewhere. I was like, "Oh, what's that about? Interesting." And so I'm watching this on my laptop, sort of sitting on the couch. My wife next to me, and this, this car pulls up. The volume's playing out loud. Car pulls up, and then five seconds into the movie, after that one shot, you just hear him vigorously masturbating to gay porn. Yeah. And yeah. he is really getting after it. And then maybe <laughs> five and a half seconds into the movie, my wife's like, um, <laughs> yeah. can you go somewhere else? Like, what are you watching? But I think that, to your point, they really just kind of hit you over the head with the disgustingness of yeah. what's happening and where this guy is in his life. I mean, I just and then when at the end where he comes off so Brendan Fraser's character Charlie is also a, an English teacher who teaches his class through Zoom which I'm not an English teacher I'm not a teacher for teaching through Zoom seems terrible enough teaching English through Zoom sounds miserable like I don't know how yeah. you get anything done and oh. rightfully so, he gets frustrated throughout the movie. But at the end where he kind of comes off camera and all of the students are just like, oh my God, he's so like gross. I was kind of annoyed by that because his in his Zoom, he, he looks fine. He looks like an yeah, he's, like, he's, he's fine. A he's a normal dude. dude. Yeah. He's a normal yeah. dude. Because even yeah. when he gets up and we see him in the shower, he doesn't look like the the women from my like thousand pound sisters. Like those women look so much worse health-wise than brendan fraser does here like but they're making him out to be like this i mean he doesn't look great let's be honest he looks sick. but let's but let's be honest we live yeah. in america we see dudes like that uh -oh. walking down the street dude you know it's careful. like these are just let's be careful all here. i'm saying all i'm saying is these are just people and there's nothing wrong with them and the movie's making him out to look disgusting just because he's gay and just because he's fat <laughs> you know, and it's like there's nothing wrong with either one of those fucking things, which is why I felt grossed out by the movie. Sometimes I'm like, this kind of seems like it's, it's, it's fat, it's being gross. You yeah, know what I, I mean, I think it, it it did a good job capturing. It's like perverting it. It's perverting his 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 eating disorder, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I think, I think we've hit that over. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little yeah, bit. So yeah. let's. Uh, so back to things that you did like about. But for what I it's worth, you you also mentioned something about how you know, like he's trying to make things right in this last week of his life with his daughter, um, but he has a hundred thousand dollars in the bank that he's been sitting on and has said nothing to nobody. So it's like 
And then all of a sudden he's like, it's for Ellie. It's for Ellie. I did all of this for Ellie. When in the beginning of the film, we're led to believe that like he hasn't even thought about her and he's seeking redemption here because he's abandoned her. You know, so it seems a little convoluted that the whole time he was also saving this insane amount of cash. Well, I think they made it pretty. That was another thing they really made sure to hit us over the head with throughout the movie was how often he would reach out and ask about Ellie. It was the, it was just that he was never given the permission or the opportunity from his ex-wife to have that communication with her or see her. So though he did abandon initially, which not saying that he's a good guy doing that, he he was never through, it sounds like, legal proceedings and also other allowed to have communication directly with his daughter. And so I think because of that guilt of, wow, I was really unhappy in my life at that time. So I decided to do one thing for myself, which was to chase my lover. And it ended up unraveling multiple people's lives. I want to at least do something right for my daughter. That's a very good point. I know my ex-wife probably is not going to take the best care of her. Um, and so I think I think they they definitely hit us over the head with that. And so another point of why of how I think, you know, if you just look at it as being fat, that's one thing. But if you look at it as like the grief, the amount of grief someone carries with them over time and it compounding well, into something, I think yeah. that is it's another his, uh, reason. His eating like, disorder is is as a result of his shame and self-punishment from it's a literal like yeah. translation of grief and shame. And yeah. um, or I guess a more tangible one that people can see. And so he was like, all right, well, I hate myself, so I'm just going to do something right for my daughter because I couldn't do anything right for her. So I did get that. The other thing that um, I wanted to that that you talked about and I was just kind of wondering was like Thomas. I didn't really get him. Like, yeah, I, I got the whole there is the aspect. I think a lot of people probably go through if you're not if you are, you're not a religious person or a spiritual person. When you're going through a tough time, you sometimes think uh, in those ways. But I'm sure when you get closer to death, you sort of have a brush up of religious thoughts and spiritual thoughts and how things may or may not go so i wondered if that was his purpose in the movie but other than that i'm not sure um it felt like they were trying to say something like thomas was there to comment on um they they i think they say like pleasures of the body right and how basically Brendan Fraser's character was doing that through food, but uh, Thomas okay. was coming. Thomas was coming at it from like a homophobic place because he was religious. I felt, yeah, yeah, you know. And it's just like, oh, he's like, oh, when I came in here, you were jerking off to porn, you know. And it's like, oh, you're seeking pleasures of the bodies where you can seek redemption elsewhere through the through the Lord, which is fucking bullshit in my opinion, and in apparently Brendan Fraser's opinion because that's the whole reason why his partner you know, passed away was because he was being uh, harassed by the new life community. Well, yeah, it sounded like his partner's father, who's also yeah Liz's father, is the leader of this church and just didn't really. Did it, yeah. Did it sound like to you like his partner was bulimic or anorexic? Or anorexic. It's yeah, that's 
I didn't pick up on that. That would be interesting. And are you thinking that's why Brendan Fraser? No, I, I remember. So, no, I just think like maybe he wanted to show like to at like there's two radical sides you can take an eating disorder or something. But mm. at the same time, it's like they briefly mentioned that like, oh, he was looking skinnier or something. Uh, his wife also says like he wasn't looking that good and I helped him carry the groceries. So it's yeah. like, oh, so is, did his partner become very skinny and then Brandon Fra- Fraser's character, you know, gained all this weight. Mm. I was just wondering. See, it just seems like there's a lot there. It seems like Darren Aronofsky tried to pack this movie with a lot of those thought-provoking things, but like we ultimately don't get payoff for a lot of it. Yeah. Fine, I guess, if you want like a movie to be thought-provoking, which he's done in the past. Um this one but maybe I'm just is. maybe I'm just stupid. It's, well, it's definitely possible. That's half that I'm of just it. Dumb. <laughs> yeah, for sure has something to do with it that I'm an idiot. There were Let's talk about speaking of idiots. Let's uh, <clears throat> Sadie Sink's character. Man, yeah. the shit meter on her. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, um, or you need a refresher, Sadie Sink is um, plays the character Ellie, who is Brandon Fraser's character, Charlie, his daughter, who um, is a real jerk. <laughs> I love like the examples that the mom says, like, or like the shit that she's posting on her Facebook. It's rough, <laughs> rough. Well, and that was so weird. I was like, why is she continuously taking pictures of everything? Like, it made no sense to me. And she was oh, she's posting it on her Facebook. Literally, just posting it on her Facebook to and, and that was the really biggest. Um, for me, that was like the hardest pill to swallow like that's when like i kind of lost my uh you know like uh what is it called i'm blanking on the word just because i've been ripping this fucking weed pen but um my suspension of reality disbelief there you go thank you (laughs) that's when i lost it was because you're telling me that sadie sink a zoomer is still using facebook get the fuck out of here She'd be posting all that shit on TikTok, dude. <laughs> She'd be on TikTok. She'd be on like her Finsta. There's nobody under the age of fucking 35 that is still using Facebook like that. Oh my gosh. She just like shows up. She's on her TikTok <laughs> and she's just like pointing to the different captions that show up. <laughs> My dad. She's like, yeah, she's she's green screened into the bottom of the TikTok with her dad behind her being like, look, when there's going to be, a, what did she say? She's like, there's going to be a giant grease ball when this guy enters the gates of hell or some shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's oh a great God. point. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I mean, that was one of them. And, and that storyline kind of, <laughs> I think when it was initially introduced, I thought it was going in one direction. And then as the movie continued, it it kind of went into a very different one. I thought there was going to be a connection between the two, uh, Brandon Fraser's character and Sadie Singh's character, because initially when we meet her, she's, she's definitely unhappy and an angsty teenager, but she's lonely. They like make sure to point out she's lonely. She doesn't have any friends. 
there are people commenting on her pictures um like around her sexual orientation and so i thought oh yeah i thought maybe that's where the story was gonna go and they were gonna connect in that way but no she's just a dick (laughs) (laughs) yeah i agree and her mom like and and i don't know it's there's contradicting points right because then it's just like you know, Brendan Fraser's character is nearing the end of his life and he's optimistic as always, right? So it's like, is he willingly being uh oh hello? Is he willingly being um you know short sighted or optimistic or is he I don't know, always been like that. It sounded like he'd always been it, optimistic, yeah. Because his wife does say that, yeah. Yeah. She but I don't know. It, it seemed it seemed to me like a fucking stretch to think that Ellie would do that. Would basically record this guy and send it to his family to help him. <laughs> that seems like just yeah, huge though. troll behavior. <laughs> and that was like the unending optimism of Brendan Fraser, which kind of sort of the last scene of the movie is this guy. Once again, being read. Oh my gosh, did you cry at all in this movie? Before we get to the very end, did you cry? Uh, in the very in the beginning, yeah, in the beginning yeah. when like they're really showing us Brendan Fraser's life, I was like, oof. Yeah, dude, tough yeah. life. They're, tough. I, th- I think, but I by the too. ending, yeah. I I kind of got a little disillusioned near the sec, like near the end of the second act, and it's kind of more like, huh. Uh, for me, but and then I the movie ended, and holy fuck, I lost my shit, dude! I okay. lost my shit at the end of this movie. So, like, this, <laughs> the through line of the movie is that before Brendan Fraser dies or like feels that he's about to die, he reads this poem to himself, or not poem, sorry. Yeah, every time he's near death, Dick. he he near recites death. this Moby Dick. Yeah, where yeah. he claims it's the best essay he's ever read, written or uh, sorry, read in his life. And then you find out at the very end, it is his daughter who hates writing but is very smart. Somehow writes a haiku uh, to Brendan Fraser while she's trying to curse him off um, at one point. But anyway, it was her essay that she had written at a much younger age. And so he asks that she read it to him as he's dying. He knows this is the moment that he's dying. And as that's happening, for the first time in the movie, this scene, it is light outside. It Throughout the whole movie, it's raining the entire time. This is the first yeah. time you see the sun and the light, which, you know, I think doesn't take a, an English major to understand that this is symbolism for <laughs> him heading towards death. The door is wide open. The light is there. She reads him, the starts reading him the essay. He is sitting on the couch at this point. And earlier in the movie, his daughter Ellie says, Walk for, to me. for lack yeah. of better terms, you know, hey fat fuck, stand up and walk to me. Because that's how she talks to her father in this movie, which is bananas. She is unyieldingly uh, fucking cruel <laughs> to her dad. It's which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I he, think she calls him the F word at one point. Like Oh we're yeah, talking she does. to Thomas. Yeah, holy shit, that was rough. And not the fat fuck f word. The no, no, 
other the homophobic one yeah yeah Yeah. um so if you thought fat fuck was cruel um (laughs) strap in it is it is it is cruel but (laughs) She, I mean, she also, I think she calls him that too. But she I mean, doesn't she clearly, stop there. Yeah she, yeah, she doesn't stop there. Um, So he can't do it in the beginning of the movie. Um, Rightfully so. He is dying of heart failure and it is pretty tough to get up and move when you're, it looks like 6'8", 600 pounds. Um, pretty tough to do any getting up. Anyway, at the end of this movie now, the light is rushing in. He is able to stand. He takes a couple steps forward. And the last thing you see in this movie is just a close-up shot of his feet. <laughs> and they start dude. to rise up off the ground. And, and, and a pure white. And it's pure white. And his and feet white. start to rise. And it just... Yeah. I yeah. laughed so fucking hard when that happened. I could not believe my eyes. <laughs> I could not help it. I was like, get the fuck out of here. It made me think back at the whole movie and be like, Wait a minute, was this movie a comedy? Oh because my she also drugs her father. Oh, she gives true. her I dad forgot about that. Ambien yeah. and drugs him just so that her and Thomas can have their little scene together. But like and then and then it cuts to her being confronted by her mom and Liz and Brendan Fraser's just in the middle of the room, passed the fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, that one was it's concerning for crazy. me. And then yeah. she blows smoke into her father's face. Her father who is on oxygen. At this he point. has congenitive heart failure. <laughs> she blows <laughs> smoke in his face. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, so she's standing. You know, That shit was crazy. And then he sort of floats up into the air. And that's it. That's how the movie ends. I uh, didn't laugh. It reminded me of Birdman. I haven't seen the Birdmans. Oh, okay. But, uh, but it worked laugh. better in Birdman. Birdman. I can imagine. He probably has wings, right? <laughs> um, I didn't laugh, but uh, I was just like, huh. I tried to erase the last 30 seconds of the movie out of my brain so that I could kind of grade it fairly, I guess. Yeah, I wasn't, by the end of this movie, I was kind of falling, I don't know, like, that shit was so tonally insane to me, that like, that he really, flew? Really, yeah, that he flew away, like, it all turned to white, and his feet just like, leave the ground, like, what an image, the movie hasn't been like that at all, <laughs> it just felt jarring, it was, it was a strange, yeah, for sure. Especially because they were going back and forth with his, I assume, happiest memory at the time where he's at the beach. He's at the beach. His his daughter when she's much younger. And he's just sort of standing there looking out on the ocean. And then they cut from that to him flying away. (laughs) It's quite a visual. John, did you think, were you surprised when you learned that Liz was his partner's uh, sister? Yeah, there were a couple twists in this movie where early on, that and then most of them were were early on, uh, and I was like, "Damn, uh, that was one of them." Where she, I was like, "Wow, okay, so I can see where you came in to this picture." 
Um, the other twist was her dad being the leader of this terrible church. That yeah, I kept to... wondering what his past was with this church in the beginning. I was like, it must be horrible because the way that she's reacting to this fucking little pastor boy is a little harsh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a crazy twist. Um, the the poem or the essay. I feel like I should have just seen that coming. I I don't know why I didn't. But that was pretty that, obvious. I thought. Yeah. That was a twist. Um, I feel like there were there were a couple other ones. Great writer, you're such a good writer. You're perfect. Amazing. You're perfect. But yeah, I I kind of, you know, you are amazing. Final thoughts on the movie, without Uh, spoiling spoiling any kind of thing that would go on my real review, is I really enjoyed the pacing of the movie for two hours where you're pretty much in one place the entire time. Um, it, it flew by pretty quick. It, it's, you know, based on a play. So it gave those play feels right where people are entering and exiting and you're having a lot of dialogue and things. And that can sometimes well, be draining. It did feel very much like a play. Yeah. It can be, it, it can feel draining that that flew by really liked it. I liked the, the finite setup from the beginning where you're like, all right, problem A, B, and they're all going to end because Buddy here is dying. So, um, you know, we got to have some kind of conclusion payoff by then. I enjoyed that setup originally from the get-go. And then I thought the acting was was strong throughout other than, you know, Thomas was hit or miss, I think, sometimes. But um, throughout, um, Dan the Pizza Man also. Dan the Pizza Man. Oh, yeah. Big fan of Dan the Pizza Man. Honestly, biggest complaint was that he wasn't in the movie more. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, for me, it's uh, I thought Brendan Fraser was incredible. I thought that uh, the score was a bit much sometimes. Um, Yeah, yeah. Hong Chao was great. yeah, I mean, I I echo your I echo your thoughts as well. I I don't think I can I see this movie as uh in, as in as good of a light as you do though. I was uh very into it in the beginning, kind of lost its pace there for me, second act wise, and then the third act just kind of was messy for me. Well, just because there was so much going on, that's like, what there, there's just big concepts going on, you know, and the movie, I didn't feel like actually addressed them instead of just kind of showed them to you. Beautiful. from the critics, 91% from the audience, which is quite a vast difference. And what's also interesting about 65 from the critics, this was this was an an Oscar nominated movie, which is always interesting to me when you have the conversation of a movie getting 65 from critics, it being in the conversation. I don't think this was in best picture conversation, 
Um, I might be crazy, but still to have someone from this movie that is middle of the road in terms of what it's viewed as by critics is, is always interesting to me. It kind of reminds me of like, you know, not to always do this, but when you, when you look at sports, like if you're going to pick the best actor or the most valuable player, a lot of the times it's the most valuable player on the best team. And so in this case, the best actor came from a solid acting performance in a not great movie. movie. Yeah. Just <laughs> in a movie. Yeah. In Any a movie. movie. It's yeah. a movie. So, I, you know, take that for what it's worth, critics, before we uh, read what you have to say of this movie. This first one. <laughs> this first oh, one from. What a. Yeah. From the Patriot Ledger. Yeah. What a public. <laughs> what a publication the patriot ledger yeah so this first one from the patriot oh ledger um there's much ado you know what if i were gonna read anything from the patriot ledger and it didn't start <laughs> with there's much ado i would be a little disappointed so i'm really happy that this falls in line with how i was already perceiving it there's much ado about brendan Fraser's king size portrayal you see what he did there King-sized portrayal of a doomed 600-pound Idahoan college professor. But the stagey, often ridiculous movie he's wedged into, alas, is thin as a rail. C-. minus. I hate to say that I agree with the Patriot Ledger. <laughs> I only put it on there because I knew you would be forced to agree to the Patriot Ledger. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe this. I uh, love how like wordy critics can be though. Yeah. You gotta be you gotta be funny. Yeah. A little punny. They got the, yeah, they got pros out the ass. But no GPT no one uh like GPT loves <laughs> dive in. You know what I mean? They yeah. really hold domain yeah. over that pun, I would say. For sure. Holy fuck, how many of them do you think use chat GPT to write these? Oh, none. Are you kidding me? Critics are they're so anti chat GPT. Are you kidding? Like, come on. These guys are so righteous. Yeah, yeah. They're like, these are that's our job. Chat GPT is taking our jobs. What does chat GPT know? And like, wait, wait till it learns about movies. These guys are going to be in real trouble. Because, yeah, I don't actually think that chat GPT can actually criticize things yet. Oh, is it too? It's too. It's it like just provides the, factual. It says that it tries to be unbiased, so it doesn't do like, yeah, critique. Critique. <laughs> do you it's think critics like, hey, call themselves an critiques? Critiques. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> Maybe a in France, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a critique of the arts. All right, what's the next guy? This next person uh, from a movieguy.com. Another great publication that GBT probably couldn't handle. They say, the whale is a mammoth undertaking. I love it. Look at that. Another fat joke. Um, the whale is a mammoth undertaking, lacking in subtlety and compassion that leaves the viewer gasping for air on the beach. That was a whale-specific joke, That's which I kind of appreciate. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's what 1. I'm saying. 1.5. There were, there were like... So the music would swell and it would just be so it would be so cruel 
to uh, Brendan Fraser's character. What is his name, anyways? Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. I I I don't. Why couldn't they name him Willie? I uh, I don't know how to feel about the critics uh, forcing fat jokes into the the uh, they're making you know, no those are whale puns. I don't know if those that's tone deaf puns. or those are the, this movie was tone deaf yeah I mean, the movie was about a whale <laughs> did call him yeah. a whale many a time referred to himself the as man an dude at, when he opened the drawer and it was just full of candy yeah. in hindsight kind of funny. Well, everyone's got a candy like drawer. He, he literally had. He... <laughs> yeah, everybody has a drawer full of like it was like it looked like a Fig Newton or like a Nutra bar, mm-hmm. and he's like, nah. And then he opened the other one, and it was just fucking Three Musketeers and Crunch Bars. That was sad, man. I felt I felt for him when he was just like, yeah, I could do I the just right don't thing, think that but should... I'm dying anyway. It just seems like a movie about a fat person that was written by a skinny guy. I see what you mean. Kind of like women action movies. Like this is what I, yeah, it's like this is what I imagine a fat guy's drawer looks like. It's just full of candy. <laughs> this is what I imagine a fat guy's pizza order looks like. It's just 50 pizzas every other day. Every you know? day. Yeah. It, yeah. It just didn't seem like based in reality. It seemed like some guy's idea of what like fatness must be like, and it's gotta be fucking depressing. Yeah, yeah. God, being fat must be so sad. <laughs> Fuck you! You're projecting. Me? No, that no. Was, like, that, yeah, yeah, like the person yeah, who says that. Yeah, the like the person who says yeah. that. Yeah. The Chicago Sun-Times. <laughs> Frazier delivers the best work of his career. Four out of four. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, his performance before. was amazing. Top three Brendan Fraser movies. This one, number one. Number one, George of the Jungle. George of the Jungle and The Mummy. Those are the top three <laughs> Brendan Fraser movies of all time. The yeah, Mummy is a franchise. Actually, I'm The Mummy is more. fucking... The Mummy's great, though. The Mummy, the mummy is. is pretty good, yeah. I'll put the that mummy is above really George good. of the Jungle. It's way yeah. better than the Tom Cruise Mummy. Oh, dude, that movie's so bad. That movie's so bad. With Nick they from New Girl? Yeah, they should have brought Brandon like Fraser back. The zombie guy? Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Um, the Sunshine State Cineplex. Huh. wonder if we know them. Boring hmm. and frustrating. The whale is not destined to have a long legacy unless Fraser truly relaunches his career. If nothing else, Frazier proves his value as a star and a centerpiece of a film. Four out of ten. Okay, well, the movie's not boring. It's not boring at all. Definitely I not boring. Disagree with that. Yeah. I 100% disagree with saying it's boring because I watched this. It's like two plus hours. I watched it in one sitting Same. in the most uncomfortable chair in my house. This Same. one. This one. Yes. I sat in this <laughs> yeah. exact I sat right here it. and I watched it on my computer. And I was I glued. The whole fucking thing. Yeah, me too. I, I was glued. I was glued. I think I sat like watching it with like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes not boring. And then sometimes like this. <laughs> but that was pretty much uh, for uh, it's, and, it's and not very helpful. Like little tiny, like a little yeah, tear comes little out. Some tears came out. It wasn't very helpful in an audio medium, but 
I was just imagine you're a middle school girl at a sleepover and everyone has just started talking about um boys probably or crushes I should I say. think about that all the time John yeah so <laughs> easy what's next that's kind of how I was sitting I was just so attentive on the screen oh you would be like second. when they're like when they're like like laying on their laying belly, on your on their stomach, bed with their hands yeah, on their you're, chins, you're yeah, kicking your legs up and, and your down. feet, and your feet are kicking up behind you. Exactly, that's how I was yeah. sitting. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then anytime yes. Ellie would talk, I kind of would cover my mouth in disbelief that like, anyone could like talk the, to anyone like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the I monkey, you know, like the say, like the say, say yeah. nothing monkey or whatever. Exactly. That's that's what I looked like. Yeah. It was quite shocking. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't believe it. I sat. I sat through it in one to go. And normally, like for two hour plus movies, like you know, you got to give me a little bit of time. Yeah, I start my movies break. late too. Yeah, a potty break, or I got to go to work, or I got to go to sleep. Yeah, life, man. Um. So I mean, it was interesting. That's basically through. all I do, John, is I go to work and I sleep. <laughs> yeah, and watch movies, obviously, and watch movies. Yeah, and read books it. and eat food and drink coffee and yeah, so like a normal person's life. Um, so that sucks. <laughs> yeah, just imagine if you were the size of a whale on top of it. God. Um. Overall, I was very surprised going through the critic reviews because they seemed pretty tone deaf. To be honest, a lot of them. Oh said that the movie was boring, unbelievable, which, you know, we've talked about in some aspects it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uncharismatic, boring, and forced. Where Those are the three words that, that were yeah. used in most of the reviews uh, that we went through. So that's where critics stand at 65%. Let's hear from the audience at a 91%. Let's keep Wild. in mind, just off the top of my head, some other 90 plus percent movies would be like black panther i think of multiple marvel movies top gun um but but are there any that have this kind of this is a huge disparity yeah um off the top of my head you know like black panther one was pretty critically acclaimed as well i would say banshees of anishiran is this but the opposite where the critics yes. had this really high and the audience had it really low, but a very yeah. similar style of movie where you're sort of talking about grief and other issues. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the audience, our first one here from our guy, Jay Hoof, two Fs. Uh, the whale <laughs> leaves you wanting to discuss it for hours. Truth can be harsh and heartbreakingly sad. Four stars. Kind of agree. That's what we're doing now. You know what I mean? Not really hey, critique of the movie though let's uh let's like it was just he talk just said about a, a movie for hours he just said two facts well no if i were to look into jay hoof here a little bit i know him i mean friend of the pod he's oh, a friend of the pod jay yeah. hoof yeah i think what he's trying to say is this movie is is one that sticks with him he thinks the the substance to it is something that maybe provokes more conversation with some of his friends and family members perhaps random people on the street uh, that he wants to to share and and sort of revel in yeah. what he just witnessed here. I assume he, but it could be a she also. He's just sure. gonna walk around, and every time you see somebody who's overweight, he's gonna be like, "Oh, that poor guy." 
need help, sir? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is your follow, daughter just gonna open the door yeah. to his house and just walk in there, dude? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, don't order pizza tonight, all right? Like, take a <laughs> night off, my guy. Is your daughter hey, hey, a real jerk? Slow down on the Gambino. <laughs> Think about your family. <laughs> this next one from Lynn. Superb acting. What a story. More like a play. Five stars. Well, hey, Lynn. Nothing gets past you, Lynn. Lynn, you are one sneaky <laughs> kitty. You should yeah. be in uh, Poker Face season two. She gets it. Yeah. Lynn gets it. Yeah. Um, it, it did. It did feel a lot like a play because it all takes place in like two rooms. Yeah. Do you hate that when? Um, what are your thoughts on movies that are adapted from plays but keep it similar feel to the play itself, where it sort of takes place on one set? I'm and... conflicted about it because I don't think movies are plays. Right. They're, they're, they're two different things. And sure. so they should be treated Quite like literally. different mediums. You know, it's like video game to movie, same thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But you like Last of Us. That's that's probably the best one. We've talked about some on here, you know, like yeah. Lovecraft and Uncharted. Also great. Not they're not all great. I'm saying they're not you're all great. You're perfect. Such a great essay. Oh um, my god, you're you're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. That's what I learned. That's what I took away from this movie is that. Yeah. I need to you continue are to talk. Amazing. And just let other people know they're amazing. Except mm-hmm. Ellie. <laughs> hey, but just be honest with me though. You know, like just tell me the truth. Write you're something amazing. true. Yeah, write something true. Be honest. Mm-hmm. Elaine says I find it hard to believe also, John, that when he he said he told his class to do that. That people were being so vulnerable. Dude, have you never been in an English class before? Come on, you got to be provoked like yeah, that. You have yeah, to get I was an English create. major. You have to get the... No, you weren't. You have to get the... create. Let me tell you what you were. <laughs> you have to get <laughs> no, the creative <laughs> juices flowing. And so uh, I think the students were, as an English major, not being an English major, but knowing what an English major is all about... You have to like kind of it's like being an art, you know, you have to challenge people's creativity and get them thinking differently. You know what I mean? And that's that's what he did. He did do that. He did. You're right. You're right. I just Aronofsky. You're right. You're right. How did it feel? <laughs> I just got Aronofsky'd. I'm disturbed. I'm a little bit disturbed. I'm not going to lie. All right, what's the next one? Let's let's go to the next uh, one. Well acted but disturbing contents. Three stars. <laughs> she just got Aronofsky. <laughs> and then this last one. <laughs> Such a profound story. Brendan Fraser is amazing. The characters and their interactions come off the screen and connect with the viewer. You feel the agony, the awkwardness, the invasion of privacy. And personal spray and personal space, but in between is laughter and hope. A smiling face that lights up the room. Five stars. Not sure how much laughing there was in this movie, but what? Good for you. Maybe it's because at the end she realized it was a comedy, like I did. And his smiles, <laughs> but made the sun come out. Yeah, 
Yeah, so it seemed like this movie got a 91% uh, for two words and two words only, Brendan Fraser. I think the the fans came. The renaissance is in full effect. The renaissance was in full effect. And then I think it was a lot of people that, um, unlike the critics, I guess, connected with the characters that were on screen. Um, And I guess people similar to our first guy, Jay Hoof, you know, felt like they could walk out of the theater or off the couch and just tell everyone how they were feeling. They took a lot, they took a lot with it, I think. And maybe yeah. that's why they enjoyed it, which is strange because I feel like in a lot of movies in the past, we've gotten audience reviews that they're annoyed when the movie makes them think. So who knows? Like Inception. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like Inception. I was thinking the same thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> that uh are new or just need a refresher our real ranking zero out of a hi welcome hey welcome how are you how's it going we didn't ask you how you were doing today thanks for making it this far if you're new yeah would you think really appreciate it give us a call uh or not and i are gonna spoiler alert we're gonna disagree on this one a little bit we might we might or we might you never know but our real ranking it sounds like we've been disagreeing a little yeah, maybe. But uh zero out of a hundred, a zero being uh a movie that you know never came out or that we got to see, I guess, but exists somewhere. Uh Batgirl. Batgirl being a good one. And then a hundred being um the Godfather of all time. Godfather uh, Inception, as we just talked Blade, about. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh no. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Mad Max Fury Road. Oh no. Uh, oh, Tommy Wiseau's no. The Room. Yes, perfect. Just per- <laughs> perfect films. Yeah, just Shrek. Perfect Shrek One, definitely. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. undeniable Puss. masterpieces. Puss in Boots. Did you watch Puss in Boots? I did not. Uh, did you? Me neither. I heard. I heard it's good. Some oh, really? people told me it's really good. Yeah, right, I'll check. It I want to watch it. Yeah, maybe it'll be a hundred. Zero out of a hundred. What are you giving this one, John? I'm a little bit conflicted about this one. Okay, I'll start off by saying that uh, I felt upon first watch that it was pretty good, but pretty damn sad. The more I thought about it, which is, like you said, this is a movie that sticks with you a little bit. The more I feel like it had its faults. It it definitely, I think that it portrays Brendan Fraser's character in an almost perverse light, playing melodramatic music over a binge eating montage. And it doesn't really feel empathetic towards him. It just feels cruel sometimes. Um, it also attempts to comment on like the intersection of sexuality and religion, but doesn't quite put a pin on it. And if, as if it wasn't enough to just talk about those things, it also decides to throw family and shame and self-punishment and eat- eating disorders into all that. And it ultimately gets lost in all these themes 
which makes it feel kind of messy at the end, especially considering there's only like four characters in this movie. Um, and so I found it messy thematically uh, and depressing, but it is held up very highly by a incredible Brendan Fraser performance. Hong Chow is incredible as well. And uh, overall, I thought they they really elevated the movie and I enjoyed it a lot more just because of Brendan Fraser. So I'm going to give this one a 68% out of 100. Nice. If Solid. there was just a little bit more Dan the Pizza Man, we could have gone up to 75. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah. I respect it. Um, and I respect your review. I'm going, Thanks, some John. might say, I almost agree. But I'm going to oh. give this movie A. Well, I'll tell you in a second. So, what I enjoyed about this movie is, I, I think I already mentioned before, it opens with a lot of promise. Um, and that promise is also set on top of the hefty shoulders of Brendan Fraser's performance, I think, of this movie. And I, I know exactly why he won you know, Best Actor for it. There are so many lines that are delivered perfectly. I think him just sort of going through this experience as an actor in this movie is... is incredible incredible to watch and um it's also i think helpful that the other actors when they're around brendan fraser their performances also take a spike which is something that if you're going to be the best actor in film in the showbiz for a year you want to be able to see that as well you want to see other people get better around the performance of the best actor themselves and i think that accomplishes it as well i think where the movie fails is exactly what you said. I think that despite there only being four and a half people uh, in this movie, the <laughs> it tries to accomplish way more than like it tries to bite off way more than it can chew. And I think it's because it's sort of confined itself not only to the single space that Brandon Fraser, uh, his character Charlie is is living in, but it's also confined to the single space and the single mindset that is Charlie. So you're not able to get that payoff because the movie solely focuses on him himself. So you can't get that understanding. You can't get that feel. You can't get that closure from the other people that are around him experiencing things similar to him. You can only get what he's experiencing. I also think that the movie does itself a disservice for the way that it ends because I think it knows that it's not able to wrap everything up. So it just gives yeah. you some kind of weird, fantastical liftoff of your that's brain. That's a great point. And that is such a great point. And it, it felt jarring because the movie hadn't wrapped anything up yet. It just stopped. Right. And because of that, um, I will give this movie a 75 out of a 100. And the reason that I give it a little bit more is because... I think that there's a little bit more to this movie than it gets credit for. I think you'll like, I didn't lose the, uh, the, the disbelief, I guess, you know, like I was sort of locked in the suspension still, of disbelief, the suspension yeah. of disbelief until the very end. And that was very startling for me because I was like, what the <laughs> fuck, because this was, <laughs> yeah. I, I was just so captivated by Brandon Fraser's performance. I think that, um, you know, again, the writing to make all of that happen in a single space is definitely tough. 
I think the raw emotion um, when the music wasn't playing and all you could hear was like Brendan Fraser breathing and the rain pattering on the window just added to, I think I talked about it earlier, like this anxiety just sort of growing in the room as you knew his life was going to end at any moment. And so with those kind of extra elements to it, I think that's what for me brought it up to a 75. Um, I don't think I would ever watch it again. I think it's way too sad. Like I found myself no, yeah. really bummed out the rest of the night last night. Um, yeah. 75. I don't think I'll, I, I don't think I'll ever watch it again either. Um, but to be honest, I don't think I've watched any Darren Aronofsky movie again. Like I watched Black Swan and yeah. that was enough, you know. Um Do you think his Black they're just, Swan they're moment? just heavy movies? They're just heavy movies. So heavy. And I saw yeah. someone mention it like they used the word for it. It was like miserabilia, something like that. It's just <laughs> it is. It's just depressing and yeah. heavy. Yeah. Um Do but you think at, at least like... it ended with like a pretty good laugh. I don't think it was supposed to, but it did. Do you think his like? Uh, I know, but you know, it did for me. The black swan, where she like peels her, oh, her finger cuticle thing off. Do you think his version of that in this movie was when Brendan Fraser just has a mental breakdown and you're watching him consume, consume food at yeah. a rapid pace? That was that scene specifically is when I was like, this is kind of fucked up. Yeah, you're uh, just watching someone have a mental breakdown, but he was Yeah, and like he assuming. resorts to binge eating for sure. Yeah. Um but the music was just like yeah, the music didn't match at all <laughs> yeah. what was happening. Yeah. Yeah, that part was, was that part was specifically kind of rough for me, but um you know what? You should I think would you recommend this movie to people? Yeah, I think I think you you should watch this movie. I think it's a I won't say a must watch, but I think it is a highly recommend watch. Like you shouldn't miss it. I th- I, f- I think that also is what went into the 75. I think to see Brendan Fraser, some guy that last yeah. time you saw him was George of the Jungle, transform into this really meaningful performance. Um, John, uh, did you watch Doom Patrol though? Wasn't he in Doom Patrol? He was. You know what? You're right. But he's wearing a thing on his head the whole time. I also... Okay. I think I watch. Have you watched Doom Patrol? I watched the first couple. No, of no. You told me to was, watch it. I thought it was so dumb. <laughs> I thought you told me to watch it. I don't know. Did I? I regret <laughs> I that. So. Don't. I. It's just like don't watch it. What am I watching? Yeah. I've been giving a, a few shows a shot right now too. But give the whale uh, a shot. Would you say this is a must? Like, you can't miss. I wouldn't say it's a must watch, but if. Like someone yesterday at the bar, I mentioned the whale and they were like, oh, I, I was thinking about watching that. Like, what'd you think? I was like, I think you should watch it. You yeah. should you should watch it. Um, but I was also like, just be prepared. It's yeah. Have something else not, to do after. <laughs> yeah. You, you're going to need a palate cleanser, like line up an episode of Bob's Burgers or something, because it's um, going to be go for a walk after. <laughs> <laughs> which is what i did actually i yeah. went for a I went for a nice walk i went to the coffee shop and then i took the bus to work and i was like okay i feel i feel a little better now yeah man yeah, yeah. don't just go to sleep <laughs> after you have a real no. bummer of a day <laughs> which is why i didn't watch the last of us last night i was like i don't want to see this before bed i feel like that's gonna bum me out so probably would so um, I'm actually going to now read a chat GPT outro. Okay. 
to okay. end the show. How's that? You know, normally we it. do the hey, whatever, EAR, at EARC pod, yeah, follow yeah. us. Yeah. This is how Chad GPT would have us end our episode on the whale. And that's a wrap on today's episode of our movie <laughs> podcast. We hope you enjoyed diving deep into the world of the whale as we oh, yeah. explore the breathtaking cinematography, compelling storyline, and standout performances from the cast. As always, if you love the movie, hated it, or have any thoughts to share, feel free to drop us a message on social media. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for future episodes where we'll be exploring more of the latest and greatest movies and dissecting them with a critical eye. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> oh, wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. Never doing pretty that good. again. <laughs> <laughs> they actually said everything we would have said anyway. Yeah. Like, follow yeah. us on <laughs> Yeah.